Hi guys, welcome to 52 Conversations with me, Janice Howe. Each week, join me for a conversation, a chat, a space for connection, community and change, sharing stories and insights. Sign up for your free 52 Conversations planner and to be the first to experience the latest conversations, visit 52convos.com. Thanks. I really hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, good morning, Tom. How are you? I can't hear you. <laughs> Can you hear me? I can't hear you. <laughs> yet. <laughs> Not yet. You can probably hear me now. I seem to be coming on two devices. I don't know how that's happened. So I'm going to try and actually. Uh, I don't know. All right. That's probably better. Is that okay? Yeah, that's cool. Look at all that technical wizardry. <laughs> <laughs> well, some of it's green screen. I've been using the green screen today. So um, some of it's a green screen photograph. But. Anyway, it uh, it's probably the best shot we'll get. That's um, cool. Yeah, great. It looks good to me. Thank you ever so much for joining me. You're this, welcome. You're in welcome. this conversation, I'm <laughs> going to give a couple of precursors in case you hear crazy background noise. Okay. I'm in Antigua in the West Indies yeah. in a very rural location where occasionally the cars go past with speakers bigger than the car, <laughs> and we get to listen to it no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> But hey, it kind yeah. of adds to the ambience of local life here. So Absolutely, yeah. yeah. There you go. I really, I really want to thank you for kind of joining me here. So, as a, as a little precursor, mm. um, I'm going to admit to listening in, listening to you when you were part of Scritti Politi mm. back mm. in the day on mm. John Peel and shows yeah. like that. So, thank you for that. You're <laughs> thank welcome. you for that. And then, kind of as a I think I found you or refound you, if we want to call it that, kind of back mm. in 2019 at some point, um, and was completely inspired by this creative <laughs> juice that seemed to flow literally from you and from your drumming and everything yeah. else. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks. So, for people that don't know you, perhaps you can kind of give a little bit of an, in an intro to who you are. Mm. I mean, sometimes I call it the quick hair story, the kind of where, where you were to where you are now, and then we can delve into some of the juicier bits along the route, if that makes sense. Does that sure. work for you? Okay, well, um, I think I'll start then from where I am. Yeah. Because, as you say, surrounded by all this tech, um, and I've been – actually, this morning I've been making a movie, which my manager asked me to make, uh, about teams uh, reintegrating – in the workplace because in the UK uh, we've all been on lockdown so nobody's been going to work for about a year and there's some concern because of uh, you know post-covid everyone just won't rush back to work and uh, no. pretend it didn't happen I mean there's no way we could pretend no. it didn't happen even if we wanted to but aside from all the personal bereavements and uh, difficulties with homeschooling that everyone's been having i think that there's a kind of tension because it's a bit like um you know when you you're invited to a party and when you first get the invitation you're dead excited and you yeah. start getting all your clothes ready and everything and, and as as the cab arrives outside you think oh do i really want to go to this party <laughs> so so consequently yeah, I've been doing stuff online, uh, keeping teams active and uh, moving, getting out of their chairs, dancing and sort of waving wooden spoons at each other. Cause they I mean, everything, everything that you've been doing, as far as I can see, and what I've been drawn into is creating that connection because I always think that the human condition is craving connection. Yeah. And... The, the, the COVID has kind of created some connections that have actually been really unhelpful. And then there's others that people could just dive into. And 
I mean, exactly what you were saying. I think there's a real reticence, whether we admit it to ourselves or not, about going back in back into the world. Yeah, and how and, we navigate that. Yeah, I absolutely agree, and and partly, I mean, which is why I started where I am now because it all relates to where I came from. Uh, that yeah. was all about, you know, scritty plitty was all about connecting people, it was making our own records, connecting people who wanted to make their records with pressing plants and studios and yeah. um, it was all about conversations helping each other out and and that has been what um, lockdown has been a, about in the UK um, and uh, I think that there, there's been this sort of dream ah, when we can all get back together again and you know, we can all go to the coffee shops and bars yeah. and it'll all be back to something better. But I think um, certainly in my work, uh, I've seen things that I would never have seen in venues, you know, people. Um, but And it's partly to do with children. It's partly to do with people being at home with their kids more. Yeah. Um, so I do a lot of corporate conferences with getting 200, 300 people drumming. Now, yeah. if I talk to those people in the bar, they will also, well, not all of them, but a lot of them will say, yeah, do you know what? It's lovely being here. The gala dinner was great. They've spent lots yeah. of money. It's good to see Jeff. I only ever see him once a year. He's normally in Hong Kong. But, and then as the evening goes on, they'll go, oh, let me show you some pictures of my children. And, uh, and then the, the main thing in their life, right, all the all, all business people, if, they're, if they've got kids, the main thing is their kids. Um, so that's what they're missing. So if I've been doing kind of online things with 200, 300, 300 people, the kids, even if they're told, um, you know, mummy or daddy's doing something serious at, at the office, you know, within 10 minutes, they're there, there. Right? And, and if I say, "Okay, everybody, uh, get some shades and put them on," the kids turn up with their swimming goggles on, or visors, or ski masks, or, or hats. And um, one of my favourite things uh, quite recently, with uh, the, yeah, the kids came in, and I and I said, "Do you know what? We're all missing going on holiday, aren't you? Let's bring some holiday things to the screen." So they were bringing snorkels and stuff. And then this little girl, she must have been about seven, she brought this suntan cream. She must have got it out of the bathroom. Yeah. And she didn't take the top off, but she pretended to be putting yeah. it on. And then she then she put these goggles on and started swimming, uh, doing the crawl. And her dad was this big guy um, yeah. who, you know, some people get activated quite quick. and he, uh, he But he was one of the slow ones, and he'd sort of Stay been there, there like this. And then he picked this uh, little girl up and he held her in the air like a sort of mermaid swimming awesome. through the air. And there was, awesome. I know, there must be, you know, screens for the people. Uh, and I said, uh, okay, everybody, um, let's all do the crawl. You know, put your, put your goggles on. So suddenly this conference of serious people, they were all doing the front crawl. swimming, doing the front crawl to this. I said, yeah, really come to the screen. So, I mean, and I could not do that at a conference center. I, I could think of it, but yeah. I wouldn't be able, I'd get a few people doing it, but I wouldn't get everyone doing it. Everybody was doing it. And it it's was that curiosity of the childlike state coming through there, right? Yeah. And, and it was permission, you know, she via him, via their boss, uh, booking me, uh, <laughs> it was a kind of avalanche of permission, if you want yeah. to, and we got there, what, within, 10 minutes, 10 minutes of starting, they were doing that. So I was booked for 45. So the next 35 were just wild. You know, I could say anything, go, you know, go wear every pair of shades you got in the house. So there'd be yeah. people with five <laughs> pairs of shirt. You know, I mean, again, if I was to say that at a conference, um, I put it in an email, bring all your shades, uh, you know, yeah. three people might do it. They'd be going, <laughs> why? Yeah, yeah, that Don't they would be saying why. That is that's what a really good comment, actually. We've taken the why out of it. Yeah. You know, COVID took the why out and um it's just oh he seems to know what he's doing. <laughs> just 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 follow that. So Yeah, just so, follow that. And it's not all just follow me, it's follow this little crew. girl, follow that little boy, follow you know this guy, you know. 
I think that's something from watching your stuff. I can absolutely see that by you being as open and as free as you are, that frees up literally everyone else to just do their thing, regardless of what it is, with no fear of, well, who's looking at me and can I even do this? Can I hold a beat? Do I have any rhythm? All of those yeah. things are just out the door. Yeah, yeah. And actually that is that has also done me a favour because they're all on mute. So even if they're at the conference thinking, <laughs> oh, I'll be the one. And sometimes I say, who is the... I, I, <laughs> I'll be, I'll be looking at 200 people. I say, there's someone in this audience. I can sense it. Someone thinks they're going to mess this up. Who's that one person? And really, 50% of the people put their hands up. The other 50% are too scared to put their hands up, but they're thinking it as well. So um, it's all that kind of peer uh, permission. And as you say, I people have said to me before right from the beginning when i started doing stuff on stage they said we thought you were bonkers you know you, what you said and sometimes i deliberately call the session um yeah. achieving the impossible because i say okay we're going to be drumming we're going to be singing in three-part harmony and we're going to be dancing by lunchtime We've got 50 minutes yeah who thinks we can do it oh god i wish i'd take an annual leave absolutely and then, um, I mean, for but a then lot we of get there. We get there. Corporate people would automatically be retreating in their minds and their bodies just at yeah. that suggestion. Someone like me, who's ex-corporate, I would be like, "Yes, thank God, finally yeah. something to express ourselves in." Yeah, yeah. Well, I have ways of kind of tricking them, or uh, I should say, persuading them, cajoling them, engaging them in a very, uh, you know, charming way, tricking them really. I, I just get them to stand up. I say, uh, okay, so just put one foot forward, left, right, and we're just going to move like this. Yeah. Left, right. Now, nobody can refuse to do that. If they okay. do, then uh, they, I don't know, that, uh, I think even their internal dialogue would, would be defeated, you know, however strong it was. So yeah. this is stupid. because, And the, the deal is putting the one foot forward. Because if you do that, you kind of naturally lean feel like rocking anyway. If I was to say stand completely still now, lean. Oh, I'm not doing that. That's weird. <laughs> but if I go like this, yeah, because they used to. Oh, Absolutely. do you know what? I've just tweaked this. They used to go into the bar. They used to. All right, there you go. Uh, you know, paying <laughs> for stuff in shops. They used to. Oh yeah, I'll just take that PDF off you. You know, or that photocopy. So that's. So it's an everyday activity anyway. And if yeah. I put that to a beat, dun, da, da, dun, da, da, dun, da, how go, could oh, they not? Right. Yeah, how can they not? And then something gets activated fast. You know, I call myself a rock star activator. Absolutely. Something gets activated fast, and then they're just mine. Well, and I can do I can do that with any group. I do it with kids, yeah. old age pensioners. You know, as they used to be. You're you're activating their state and state is contagious, right? So they're catching it from you and they're catching it from literally the energy flow. Yeah, must and, be and, yeah and the chemicals start to change in their body yeah. and they think, oh, oh, well, I suppose that coffee was quite good in the break. It must be the coffee. It's They have to give themselves some reason why they're doing it. But Absolutely. Uh, uh, yeah, they just get activated. It's, it's funny that you've just said the thing about the coffee because one of the things I was pondering in my mind before this conversation is I would say that on occasion when I've dipped in to look at something of yours on purpose, so in terms of the COVID whole journey, mm. I left the West, West Indies originally last March the 12th, got, no, 15th, got back to the UK and unfortunately my father passed on the 25th mm -hmm. as we went into lockdown. So it was really quite like thrown in at, all sorts of places that I've never been yeah. um, and for some reason I love music have always loved music have my own radio show here I couldn't listen to music for two months oh, but what yeah. I could do was dip into your page and literally have like an espresso shot and it felt like an espresso shot of coffee oh, well. in my system that made me that gave me something that was like okay it wasn't too much it wasn't too deep it wasn't um anything that was taking me down a rabbit hole in some yeah. ways just yeah. a shot of something to make me go okay you can carry on you've got this you can do this hmm. does that make wow. sense yeah so, yeah absolutely you know, yeah it was right. interesting listening to you talk i'm sort of going back in your history to come back forwards you yeah. talked about your 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 break your breakup with music and your breakdown 
Yeah. yeah. And when I listened to that, I thought um, that was like me when my father passed. My love of music, I couldn't even be anywhere near it for at least two months because I, it was like my ears didn't want to accept the potential comfort in music. I yeah, oh, that's a, it's a really good way of putting it, yeah. The potential and it was really it was really odd but I mean maybe you could tell that story about how you sort of you know you get to this place in your life where supposedly you've achieved the things that you think you were looking to achieve with Scritti Politi yeah and then you find yourself going oh no <laughs> there's something else going on here yeah I'd, I'd um it's funny because I've done quite a lot of personal development work yeah. since uh being depressed I think in my mid 30s i mean i've been through probably three dark nights of the soul i don't know what that means but uh, there's probably a term for it you feel it uh, yeah, yeah yeah um and they're longer than a night you know they're about a year long but yeah. um uh, and so i studied how do i stay out of this you know and part of it was uh, i did a course called insight i tried the landmark forum and i ended up at, yeah. with probably the the best one, which is called More to Life now. In those days, it was called Life Training. And they're all based on kind of East Coast, Esalen-type experiments, which CBT came out of, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. Yeah. And um, and one of the teachers, facilitators on uh, More to Life, when I was, I was, I knew her well, and I, I was going down. I could feel I was slipping into this depression. I said, I've tried every exercise I know, you know, and I've done them to advanced level. And I said, I can't stop this slide. It's, yeah. And she said, well, Tom, sometimes life just wants to have its way with you. We don't know why. No. And, we're, and the harder we, it's like trying to claw your way out of a slippery pit, you know, the harder you claw. It's yeah. almost like you're polishing the you're fall. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, so you have to go through it. And and the 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 biggest question people are, or the most ubiquitous question is, what started this? How did how did you how did you how did this happen to you? And people ask that in in a very kind way, um, yeah. because they think a bit like. Uh, a car, you know, if you say, well, I drove it over a pothole, they go, oh, okay, let's have a look at the back axle. It's yeah. not like that with depression. You don't know. You have no idea where it comes from. And um, so, so, yeah, so the story is uh, I, from, but well, actually, uh, I mean, I guess the history of it, I was pretty burned out. You know, I'd done this whole thing with Scritti and then, that had got all messed up and then I'd started songwriting and then uh, I had a record deal and it was, and then that all got messed up. Uh, I mean, I'd been hammering, 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 hammering uh, because of the opportunity. I, guess. I was really exhausted. But the thing about, you probably know this about creativity and any creative will know this. Um, while you're in the throes of creating and then you think, oh that one went well but i tell you what the next one i'm gonna do it in gold you know or yeah. i'm gonna do it. Yeah. so you have you have these kind of innovations while you're still in the middle of doing the previous one you can't wait to do the next one whatever it is it could be a sculpture it could be a song it could be a painting you know it could be a dance um and then you just and then in the middle of that one you get another idea and then you get three people involved in the next one and eventually you just there is no energy left. You're not even running on empty. You you ran out ages ago. It's all consumed, ago. right? I guess all consumed. And and actually, there's a there's a metaphor here that I learned. Um, I don't know if it still happens with modern cars, but with old cars, you never want to run on empty because there's rust in the bottom of the petrol tank. Right. And that gets sucked up through the system as the system tries to get a bit more petrol to keep the car going. So you get all this rust and dirt and stuff. Yeah. So, um, and then you crash. Yeah. And then you can't, you can't just nip down the petrol station and go, ah, it's all right, I'll just fill it up again because everything's all clogged up. <laughs> yeah, the system's clogged. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, yeah, so I couldn't, uh, I couldn't listen to music. I'd, I've said before in other podcasts, you know, I'd, 
if I got into a, an elevator or a lift and they're playing music, I couldn't even listen to that. I had to get out of the lift and uh, take the stairs. So it's crazy, it's crazy, isn't it? Though that our brains can sort of know something on logical levels and then on a completely different feeling level, we're like, oh no, oh no, and yeah. You know, find yourself questioning that getting out of a lift, as an example, would be like, okay, I've got to go the other way. I can't do yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, there was a point, uh, I was talking to someone about this the other day, that you, you don't know what's for the best. I'd be, for a while, for about three months, I couldn't sleep. I really couldn't sleep. I was an insomniac. And, um, and so in the morning, I'd lie down at night, but in the morning I'd still be awake. And I'd stand up. I'd think, oh, well, I've got to pretend I can yeah. get on with the day. I had a bit of money, so I didn't have to work at the time. Yeah. Um, and then I'd stand up and I'd think, oh no, I can't stand up. I've got to lie down. I've got to lie down. And as soon as I lay, lay down, I'd get all this, you know, kind of terrible, what we call mind talk, you know, yeah. you know, inner critic. I think I've got to stand up. So I'd stand up. Stop the talk. <laughs> oh no, I'm so, I'm too tired to stand up. I've got to lie down. So if you'd have filmed it, it would have looked like a kind of Charlie Chaplin, uh, movie. Up and down, up and down. Up and down, yeah, just crazy. <laughs> but of course, when you're in the middle of it, it's completely that's your life. You know, you don't think I'm going insane. Just think, well, I wonder, should I stand up? Should I go? Uh, should I go and buy a coffee in a cafe? You know, sometimes a transaction um, would kind of calm it down a bit, and then sometimes it would make it worse because you go that guy in the coffee shop he hates me i only bought a cup the of interaction <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah so there was no um there was nothing there was nothing stable at all and uh and so i i thought well, at least i've got to get some silence and a friend of mine had told me of this retreat in france in, in the dordogne up on a hill it was a castle chateau and she said, why don't you go there? Just get away from everything. And like I say, I, I had enough money to go there. So, um, and when I went, it was uh, it was enlightenment intensive. It was called three weeks. I'd never been on a single workshop ever at right. that time. Okay. So I ended up going for a three-week residential in France. You went straight. You dove straight into the big thing. Yeah, I didn't even know. Uh, and um, <laughs> so I think it was on the sixth day we were – they had a number of exercises we went through to break us, you know, and yeah. in order to get to enlightenment, which um, which is another story. But um, on this particular day, yeah, we were in a Native American sweat lodge, six o'clock in the morning, naked and chanting, so that I could actually sustain the chanting. I don't, I'm not sure if I joined in, but I could listen to it. And um, and when we got out, it was still dark. The sun was kind of up a bit, and the, there was a, a bonfire outside where they'd been heating up the stones to pull the water on. And next to that bonfire, there was a djembe drum. So the organisers said, okay, everybody, go head off for breakfast, go to the chateau, which was, you know, walk away. Yeah. And I just thought, well, I'm going to stay here. Uh, I feel something about this drum. Uh, and uh, I thought, well, I'm just going to try playing it. There's no A&R people. There's no music business to tell me I'm right, tell me I'm wrong. Just and I closed my eyes. Say again? Just playing it just for you. Yeah, yeah. Just I thought, I'll, I'll, there's nothing. You know, it's not, no, uh, I haven't even got any clothes on. It's just me, the fire, and the drum. <laughs> and um, so I started playing it. And I... I mean, I've described it before as as I returned to the groove and the groove returned to me. It was um, it wasn't some massive spiritual experience, but it was a a coming home. You know, it was, it was like a gentle sort of coming home. And um, I was playing for about ten minutes with my eyes closed, and then when I opened my eyes, I was surrounded by naked dancing people that because nobody had gone to breakfast, and it, it turned out. But they'd taken the drum and they they didn't know how to play it the organizers they were hoping someone would come nobody had turned up you know put it on their yeah. application form um so i moved from uh, kind of zero to hero in 10 minutes you know and then 
every time we were around the fire, that's how oh, Tom plays a rhythm with you. We yeah. want to dance. So, so See, that, I, that's how I got into what I'm doing now because I saw there was a way of being a musician that had, had absolutely nothing to do with the music business. And, and anybody who's in the music business will fess up eventually. Managers, uh, companies, A&R people, they go, do you know what? The only reason we can do our job is because of people like you. We would, we would not exist without musicians. And um, I got too involved in the story to of you had to do it this way you had to please this you had to do it. yeah i mean we didn't even have social media in those days but there was the the papers there was interviews you know music press you had to look this way you had to say these things you had to avoid saying these things um so there was a lot of pressure but of course there's no pressure at all in in the door doing <laughs> Absolutely, to be naked with the drum. To me, when you when you were saying that story, it was like the rhythm of life came back to you. Yeah, well, and that then, is, yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the the truth is, it's interesting you say it came back to me. I sort of came back to it because it was always there. It's just the drum plugged me into it, in, it in a different way. Oh, I, actually, it's a bit like Narnia or Alice in Wonderland. You know, you can't get there. You can keep trying to go through the same wardrobe. It's not going to happen. So you have to go some other way. And that's what happened. You know, I got back to the rhythm of life, as you say. Yeah. So then, so that was your reconnect back into drumming and to music. And then you started, you started the the business, I guess. Yeah. 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 It took a... Or was that on purpose? Well, (laughs) (laughs) I, as part of this enlightenment intensive we also did some singing we uh, we did this great exercise where we were in groups of four i think and one person sang one person encouraged them and two people just kind of held the space you know didn't say yeah. anything at all and we did this until we broke through we didn't know what the breakthrough was they said just do it uh, and luckily this castle had lots and lots of rooms so we all went off to different rooms yeah. and um and my breakthrough was i was singing all sorts of stuff they said it doesn't matter what you sing it could be nursery rhymes it could be the same nursery rhyme over and over again just see what happens and there was a point where my voice just it wasn't really my voice anymore i was being sort of blown by a uh, it's like a Swiss mountain horn. This huge sound <laughs> came out, <Hey>, Babs. <laughs> and um, and then it kept coming. It was uh, I was completely kind of opened up. Uh, and the um, the thing I say now, which I learned from uh, Michaeli, uh, someone told me how to pronounce his name the other day. Something uh, anyway, guy who wrote the book about flow. He's yeah, got yeah. this complicated second name. Um, he says flow is found at the intersection of discipline and surrender. You know, I say in order to customize it to music a bit more and make it a bit more visual, I say that the groove is found at the crossroads of discipline and surrender. So that's where I was at that time. The surrender had come. Um, I needed to hold the discipline of continuing to stand up continuing to do it because a lot of people on that course when it got to the point of breakthrough or um you know kind of near enlightenment they go oh, i must make a note of what yeah. i've been doing you know and then of course it's gone so that so i just stood there and I it's the opportunity. yeah 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 bellowing i mean they they said that they warned us as soon as you feel it you're going to want to shut it down in order to try and remember how to do it so that whole thing of discipline and surrender is to be in the surrender and yet to have trained yourself like a, a martial artist to just keep doing the moves. You know, it could just be one simple yeah. move. Um, so I got to that point several times in that three weeks, you know, much to everybody's surprised because I ended up this, they just thought I was almost like a, a gate crasher because I didn't know anything about the course. <clears throat> and they kept saying, how come you keep breaking through? I've been studying this for 20 years. You know, okay. What's going I don't on? Know. I don't know. 
you weren't questioning it, right? You were just you were just doing it first. No, and I had no expectations at all. I just thought, well, it's, it's helping to pass the time, you know. Yeah, yeah. Give me some people to work with. And, um, yeah, I guess it's weird talking about it now because I hadn't thought about all that. So thanks for your questions. You're, um, cool. You're describing, yeah, what did happen in a kind of, in a more. I just think it's, in, it's interesting. I mean, part of the reason I set up this 52 conversations is, it made, and it's making me think about your wife, who I definitely want to speak to as well. Yeah. I, I always say in the work that I do, all I'm ever really doing is telling stories. Yeah. Every time we tell our story, we know that somebody out there is going to hear something that goes like that. Yeah. There's a recognition true. and there's a learning. And it doesn't matter whether we're super well-known people or it's the man down the street. Yeah. It's yeah, just it's that, that we've got our story and our journey and we'll say something that we know will resonate and cause ripples out there that will make yeah. you go, oh, my God, yeah, that's what it, that's what happened. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. from a personal development side, I think for me, listening to your story, the beauty of it is that you almost went with no expectations. So there was no, oh, I'm going to get this from it and this is how it's going to be. You were just going through it and it was going through you, which gave the magic. Yeah, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It's a, I'll tell you one thing you just reminded me of about the story. You don't know how it's going to affect someone. My uh, my gran told me a, a story of uh, in the Second World War of how um, people, and it relates to this singing thing, of how um, people would go down into the underground, into the shelters, but very often just the tube station at yeah. night when the, when, when the bombs were dropping. And um, the adults could sleep because they were quite tired. They'd been working all day. The kids couldn't sleep. They were too anxious. So yeah. they sang to them. And, and the thing that relates to what I do now, and my grand told me this story just as a kind of anecdote, right? Yeah. But she doesn't, she, no, she probably does know. It, it, it informs me still that the people who were singing, they weren't the singers, they weren't the performers, they weren't from the local vaudeville. They were just normal people singing. Yeah. Now, did they think they could sing? No, most of them probably didn't. Um, but... There was an emergency. There was a crisis. Their kids needed to sleep. And I expect they wanted to do that partly because they love their kids, but partly because they didn't want them going crazy the next day, you know, because they hadn't slept all night. So, um, so consequently, they sang and the kids slept. Um, and so there was no preparation. There was no, I must go to Julia, the... No. voice teacher for three months before I can sing in front of my nose. There's nothing, just a crisis that needed fixing and a compassion and a love and a sense of community. She says, or she said that, um, you know, that was the best time, the worst time of her life, the worst time because there was a terrible war, yeah. uh, but the best time because everybody came together. So I'm always looking for crisis i mean the the truth is we are all in a crisis, crisis. now and yeah. we will be for the rest of our lives because of the climate now yeah. we um we don't we can't acknowledge that everybody every day or everybody go crazy but we should acknowledge it some other day and go okay how are we gonna come together and yeah. and all all the work I do probably I don't know much about your work, but I, I would imagine all the work you do is to try and bring us together and go, come on, yeah. uh, time's running out. Let's even if it's just fixing ourselves. If we fix That's ourselves, good. then we're going to make better decisions. We're we're going to influence people around yeah. us in a different way. It's interesting. I was listening to David Kessler talking to Russell Brandt yesterday about grief. And he said that everybody needs to understand that this COVID crisis has brought us grief. But it's not necessarily grief that we think it should be because not all of us have lost someone through it. Yet yeah. we've all lost so much. And it really got my brain thinking, yeah, he's absolutely right. Because we're grieving so much that we seem to think that we've lost and we have lost. And it's like, well, how are we going to move on from that? Yeah. And then he had this... Um, the question he would ask if somebody had died and how, how long should the grief last? It was, well, how long are they going to be dead? 
and how long is this crisis that we've been through going to stay with us? And I think you just answered the question. Yeah. It's, uh, it's yeah, with us. It is. Yeah. It's the rest of our lives. So we, um, so we will be in crisis for the rest of our lives. Therefore, uh, just like everybody sang down in the subways in response to the crisis that day, that night, that's what we should be doing every day. You know, this, uh, it, it, I mean, it, it would make me laugh if it wasn't so sad that they say, oh, we're having this climate meeting of all the top heads of state in, you know, in months, years, time. Yeah. yeah. Who, what is going to happen? Yeah. They're just going to make a few pledges. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's put out a press release. Nothing's going to happen. Each day, they should be on the phone every day for an hour with each other, at least saying, what are you doing today? What are you doing today? What are you doing today? Not, oh, yes, we'll talk about it at the October conference. You know, just, yeah. I mean, grow up. For, uh, it's almost like coming to that real world of the accountability of somebody saying, oh, you, you said you were going to do this. What are, you, what are you doing about it? And what you're just saying would be awesome if we could hold them and they could hold themselves in that space that they recognize that's what they should be doing. <laughs> yeah. What they should be doing because in their, in their own way, they look to us, more normal people, to do what we're doing every single day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's their only job in a way. Uh, you know, yeah. there's a few things to manage as well. But that is their main job, all of them. All, yeah. you know, it's uh, and we and we we give them our tax money for them to do that job. They go, no, I think I redecorate Downing Street. Well, that's not really going to fix the hole in the ozone layer, is it? No, absolutely. It's you know, I mean, if we go down the political route, we, there's a lot of us would just be going like this and thinking, <laughs> oh my, sh shaking our heads and crying, and then we'll have to come even more to you and people <laughs> like you to, to get our creative juices. It, it's almost like the create, the more creative people are to some design. I'm now thinking, it's it's they're more human, they're more humble. Yeah, um, and that they're more connected and they uh and they'll just come up with innovative solutions i mean people do the the i, I was talking to um oh i know i was watching a, a podcast with a guy i can't remember his name is on uh, maria franzoni's um podcast she's an agent over here and she gets some really interesting people this guy he'd been running nightclubs in new york and he's on the edge of burnout and he's he thought do you know what, I'm going to do something else. And he started studying water, people not having clean water in the world. He's supplied million, you know, really millions of people with water ever since. And I think there's something like 40 quid, you know, 40 quid set someone up for a year that they can have clean water. And, um, and he had costed it how, because his mission now is that in his lifetime everybody will have access to clean water so there'll be no children dying in their mother's arms in africa because <clears throat> of diarrhea through drinking dirty water he's that's his mission and he costed it a, a number of billion and um and he said yeah well basically that that's jeff bezos and bill gates uh they could donate that money and they'd still have millions left for the rest of their lives instead and it, this seems to happen more to men than it does to millionaire women they start building rockets you yeah. know i mean there could be nothing more banal than a billionaire building a rocket you know it, it, i'm not going to swear on your podcast but i mean I mean, it, and it is the sheer banality of it. Why don't they just draw a picture of a rocket like they're a five-year-old kid, colour it in and go, all right, that's that done. Uh, that's right. Now let me go and do something adult with my money. I'll, I'll draw them. A, I'll do it in Photoshop for them if they... Yeah. If, they, if they're watching I think, we should, I think we should suggest that we'll put it we'll put it out better than, but it's absolutely true i mean i'm here in the in the west indies and um in antigua specifically probably 85 percent of the population have not had any wages since last march oh my god because we're built around tourism yeah so all the hotels closed the 
plane stopped coming and then a series of different lockdowns. Yet we have a government who seem to be doing really quite nicely for themselves, of course. Oh. And we have people literally with, you know, starving, living yeah. on good people actually saying, Do you know what, when you go to the supermarket, buy some extra food because we're feeding 40 families here who, you know, a local, a local village to a local hotel. Yeah. 90% of those people working for that hotel now no work. Oh. You know, so it's taken a lot of the good, just normal folk doing the best that we can to help, whereas the government, are, you know, they're quite cosy, they're quite yeah. happy, and you're kind of thinking, well, hold on, hold on a minute. Where, when are we going to come back to the realness of this? And it's without the real people doing the things that they do. You don't have this anyway. But, yeah. I think because uh, Jacinda Ardern, who's, you know, representing how to do it properly in New Zealand, she's yeah. often asked, can we clone you? Can we have you in our country? And her answer is very calm. She says, there's politicians like me all over the world. you just got to vote for them. Absolutely. And she's absolutely right. Uh, I, I love that answer rather than, yeah, wouldn't it be good if you could, you know, which gets us nowhere. It, she just says it very clearly. There's people like me everywhere. Just vote for them. We need uh, we need this pandemic of um, community and caring and humanity to come back, don't we? Where we all connect. And I think COVID has brought a lot of that to the fore. And I think there's been a lot of clarity for a lot of people. Yet you've still got to act, even in your own small way, on the clarity that you've got to make yeah. that impact. That maybe if you start to share your one little thing someone else listens to it and says oh yeah that's a really good yeah idea. yeah i mean that's all we can do we, we can only really influence our local neighborhood until you know we get a bigger voice and a bigger voice um but yeah i have no answer than kindness you know the we we just Absolutely. keep keep being kind and uh and being um being kind of intelligently kind you know looking where where can we join the dots if we could link that organization with that organization rather than do twice as much they could do four times as much you know sometimes people need um that kind of creativity from the outside to yeah. say look if you do this and that and they go oh yeah because they've been having that got their head down doing the task of what they do every day which is a great thing needs to be done but you know we need to coordinate all the, you know and i think it's people like yourself coming in with your different ways i mean i know jamie jamie catto as well i mean i mm. got you you were on my list actually to bring to antigua at some point because i've created these events called bliss which was a very different sort of cultural thing going on here instead of a normal west indian spec right yeah, you know, yeah. Jamie, you know, he goes into companies and he comes from a very different space. Yeah. And that's what makes those corporate straights listen in a different way and have their hearts and their ears opened. And we yeah. just need more of that, I think. Yeah. And it's interesting you should use the word straight because when I was growing up as a teenager, we used to say that, you know, we were quite arrogant, young hippies, you know, go, oh, the straights will never get this. And uh, my, my experience, actually, of working in companies, and actually, weirdly, the higher you go up, where you think people are more and more straight, they're really uh, creative, they're innovative, they think fast, they join the dots, they're compassionate, you know, they want to do well. It, But it, it's... um we're kind of constrained by the whole system of shareholders and every decision ha has to be, you know, they have to be answerable, answerable to their shareholders. Yeah. So, um, for instance, they might want to give a couple of million uh, to a charity, but the shareholders are going to say, well, I hope you're getting publicity for that in a way that we make three million because everyone yeah. thinks we're good you know so they all have these csr pages now yeah. on their websites and stuff. I, i'm actually doing the thing later tonight with a company in america it's actually about two o'clock in the morning yeah. um where i've 
told them about an organization we support in Kenya. It's a small, it's really an orphanage, but it's extended beyond the orphanage uh, because we got them a water pump and a water tower, and rather than just keeping it in the orphanage, they now supply the whole, about 200 people in the area. And um, so we've done that, and uh, and a mate of mine in uh, who runs a company in America said, oh, "I wonder we, whether we could do something with our customers. We've got about hundred loyal customers. So tonight we're running an event for that company, hundred of their loyal customers, and we're telling them the story that they now need a learning center, which they do." Right. In terms of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, we've kind of dealt with the bottom of the pyramid. Okay. Now they need to learn. So as the kids grow, they can go and get jobs. So we've built this uh, event where I'm going to be running a normal event for an hour with them. We've got a donation page so they can see it's on a GoFundMe. It's got, yeah. um, Perfect. Uh, it's got a little donation. What do you call those little squares? Yeah. yeah, so they can donate straight from their phone while they're in the event. That's going to be awesome. on the screen. They don't have to go to another they, laptop. They don't anymore. have to leave anywhere. They <laughs> don't have to leave the party. So, um, and, you know, be, before I've kind of, uh, I've sent sort of 2,000 pounds. Uh, I think I sent 4,000 over Christmas from doing private parties, 200 pounds each. But I think we're going to earn, well, I say, uh, I think we're going to, probably get two grand in donations tonight if not more and um and so that is in terms of uh uh came from jamie you know jamie Cato, because he and i are are always talking about things like this but it's a case of like i say joining the dots are this company want to do it they you know i had a bit of personal contact but very often people come to me now they go I keep seeing you online. You're doing all these upbeat stuff. You're on LinkedIn, you're on Facebook, you're on Instagram. So I keep bashing it, throwing, throwing, throwing it out. And um, and consequently, I mean, you can have all sorts of ideas, but by the by the time we've collected the money and got it, Rafka, it'll be within a month. You know, they can just start building their learning center. Their kids will grow up more educated and... Uh, I know from doing things like this before, someone goes, oh, they're doing well. Oh, let's see if I can support them. What else do they need for the learning center? I know this will happen because yeah. it's happened before. So um, They'll connect and they'll feed each other, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's a kind of energy that people want to be part of. And, it's, um, it's, and you've got to brand it. I mean, you shouldn't have to brand it, but, you know, <laughs> it's all branded. I've got the kids to make signs cool. uh, saying thanks everybody, which we're going to flash up towards the end of the uh, show to get more donations. So, And here's the kids, you know, and they're holding up these signs saying thank you with their name and name of that company on it. Um, and they, you know, they're genuinely happy. You know, I didn't say please write them on broken bits of wood, but that's what yeah. they did, you know. So yeah. uh, it's that's, amazing, that's, actually. That's you awesome, know. you know. So... I know I'm taking lots of your precious time, so I'm going to think about why. Right. Um, so if you were going to share anything with anyone who's listening to this about how to tap into their creativity, whether they think they're creative or not, what would it be to do? Well, the, the thing to do is start doing something, <laughs> even if it's getting a sheet of A4 paper out of the printer and a pencil can be the lightest pencil so you don't make too bold a mark just scribble in a corner and then uh and then take it from there because the whole thing with any creativity or if you if you want to write a song and you've been wanting to write a song about your dad for two years or something just start singing it in the next 10 minutes into a little dictaphone or your phone or something and something will happen from that you might have to do it 10 times before you do anything you like. Same with the scribble. Yeah, scribble a bit more. Scribble in the other corner. Oh. Get, get a felt tip pen. Color it in. It might make a face. It might make a, I don't know, extend it. So it, does, it really it doesn't matter what you do, except start. And from starting, um, you know, something's going to grow. It can only grow. Uh, the, the whole thing about creativity is procrastination. And that's why, excuse me, 
it's permission. People say I give them permission. I, I give them permission just by standing on stage and going, do you know what? Just move, just move, just do this. Oh. So it's activating that thing. And um, for if this is visual, I know some of you might do a recording, but yeah. people think they're that far away from their creativity and that they have to gradually, yeah, but they're actually, they're that far. And all they got to do is that. It's a tiny, it's a millimeter that, of a gap you have to close. And as soon as you close that gap, you become someone else. You become the musician, you become the artist, you become the painter, the sculptor, whatever it is you wanted to do. That's so all. that's what I would say. Begin. That's awesome. You've just told them they're that close. I love yeah, that. Yeah, everybody <laughs> is. And I'll tell you why. It's because your creativity the creativity in everybody who we shut down when we were children because we didn't get praised by teachers or we got told so and so is the artist in the class or this or you know your mum and dad might have been having a row and you might have been singing to someone and say shut up you know and they don't know that's what they did but they they shut you down for life because you thought if i sing my mum and dad will row again you know? right. so all these things we get shut down not in a malicious way but it happens in childhood so consequently i'm not I, I don't really talk about the inner child i'm i'm more concerned with the inner adult the inner adult artist is waiting for you to begin so it can come and join you it's um i, I think that's a, a lovely last thing almost a last thing because <laughs> i'm determined to find a way at some point in this new future that we're stepping into <laughs> to either get you physically to Antigua and mm. if not physically to Antigua then maybe zoom wise because I have this thing about about you doing some drumming with this, some of our steel bands and the artists out here oh, I wow. think it would be amazing mm. Mm. <laughs> and we have some really really great creatives here who yeah. who would take some great joy from your words really because I think as a small island culture often they they look to england they look to america they look to the rest of the world for their guidance and they actually need to know do you know what you've got awesomeness sitting with you right here yeah absolutely. Start exactly what you yeah, just said begin begin yeah Brilliant. I'll, I'll come maybe i'll come with dawn my wife's storyteller dawn ellis that would be epic and uh, and jamie jamie Cato. we can form a little trio Absolutely. Well, Jay, Jamie's already saying, when am I coming back? Yeah, right. I'll right. tell you what, <laughs> you, can, you can advertise it as an enlightenment. Absolutely, intention. yeah. We can do it all together. Thank you ever, ever so much for You're welcome. It's been a it's pleasure. awesome. Brilliant. Have a great rest of the day, and I hope your event gets lots of donations tonight. I'm sure it will. Yeah, thanks. I'll let you know. I'll let you know. Awesome. Thank you, Tom. Take Bye. care. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to this week's conversation. What did you get from it? Did you get any light bulb moments? Any aha? Remember to sign up for your free 52 Conversations Planner and to be the first to experience the latest conversation, visit 52convos.com. Thanks, and I look forward to connecting with you next time.